You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. The Wild Never Make It Podcast presents the Spotlight Series, an in-depth look at those making a difference in the arts and beyond. As artists, we are wealthy in our art form, and so we are sharing our wealth with the students and the communities. Every day we see how early access to the arts gives children vital skills that can be used in school and in their personal lives. Most importantly, the arts show each child that their voice is important. And so today's episode shines a spotlight on ASTEP, Artists Striving to End Poverty. This nonprofit was conceived by Broadway musical director Mary Mitchell Campbell and a group of Juilliard students. Their goal was to transform the lives of youth by using the most powerful tool they had, their art. Today, ASTEP connects performing and visual artists with youth from underserved communities in the U.S. and around the world in order to awaken their imaginations, foster critical thinking, and help them break the cycle of poverty. Now, when we think of poverty, we usually think of its financial implications. But ASTEP has a much broader and more mission-oriented definition. To talk about that mission, as well as the recruiting and training of volunteer teaching artists, is ASTEP's manager of programs, Samantha Manfredi. She shares how these programs currently serve youth affected by immigration status, homelessness, gun violence, incarceration, HIV-AIDS, systemic poverty, and the caste system. Yet despite all these challenges, ASTEP finds a way to reach these young people and change their lives. Thank you so much for being a part of the Spotlight series. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, ASTEP has been one of those organizations that I have known about for several years now, thanks to Mary Mitchell Campbell. And what, what was it that brought you on and, and what was it that inspired you to say, this is an organization that I want to be a part of? Oh my gosh, so many things. I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> well, I will say the first time I heard of ASTEP, I was in college. I was an undergrad. Um, one of So Mary Mitchell Campbell, of course, is the founder um, and a group of Juilliard students were was sort of in that um, founding group, really shaping the image and message and mission of ASTEP. And one of those people came to lead a workshop at my school, um, mostly because they were friends with one of my professors. And I remember him talking about the way he took his art and did something with it. Now, I, I'm somebody who I started in doing dance recitals. I always was in theater. And so art has always been a part of who I am. Um, but I definitely think ASTEP is the organization. I give all my credit to ASTEP for lighting that fire inside of me and thinking about what else I could do with that love and passion that I have. So um, I actually moved to New York about two years ago and this position opened up around that time. And so all of the stars aligned. Absolutely. It really was meant to be for you to be joining it. It was, yeah. At least I feel that way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from day one, what was it that impressed you most about the organization? Um, I think the amount of heart and care that they put into everything that they do. There's intention 
and love um, in every classroom and every workshop and really everyone you meet at A-STEP. Um, A-STEP touches those behind the scenes who are the ones teaching, even if they're there doing something just for a day or for five minutes, whatever it is. And it also reaches as far as it can to touch and influence and um, play with students around the world. So, Well, I, th I think that's one of the things that sets A-STEP apart. A-STEP literally goes around the world with this mission. They're not just located in the U.S. And I think that, that, yeah. that that's an amazing part of, of its journey. And it goes to where the needs are rather than, and, and it's great to bring students to you and, and to be there, but it's another thing to go specifically to these different countries, these different regions where the, the young people are. Now, as far as the kids that are involved in the program, are you usually reaching out with community organizations there with, with certain um, you know businesses or things that are uh, located and working with the students directly? Yeah, I love that question so much. That's um, in my mind, something that makes A-STEP really unique is that all of our programs are built in that partnership. So we are, yes, we are going into these communities, but we are partnering with a community serving organization already. They are doing amazing work, have amazing missions, and we have the honor really to partner with them and bring in that arts element. So whenever someone asks me, um, what do you do in that program? Or if it's a general question, like, what ages do you teach? I say, well, you know, it depends because every program is beautifully unique. We're always serving that mission of the partner organization, which means that the goals we focus on in the room are different and unique. Um, everything from the age of the students to what gifts we hope we leave them with after that workshop is over um, to the length of the program itself. So they're all beautifully unique and all are really grounded in that partnership. Let's kind of dig into to some of the specifics. As you say, every program, depending on the region and depending on the organization you're working with is different. But I would assume that there starts to become some similarities in the type of teachings and the type of play atmosphere that the, uh, the teaching artists bring to these kids. Even though they're all the programs are beautifully unique and different, something that does unify them is this idea of connecting artists with youth. Um, so there, that element is always the same in every program. Um, something that is exciting is that because we have different artists often going in every week to work with these amazing young people, they often get introduced to different art forms and they play different games every single day. What would be one of the favorite activities that kids get to do? Is there, is there a certain one that the kids just gravitate towards? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so hard because, oh gosh, it's so hard. Well, I will tell you one of my personal favorite stories um, because again, it's, there's too many almost to share, but one student, I had the honor of um, being one of the volunteers at Shanti Bhavan Children's Project in India. Um, actually, it was a year ago and there, I've never seen eyes get so big in a room um, because this was truly their first experience with any sort of art mm -hmm. in, in a classroom. Um, and now I will be the first to admit that I have a lot of energy when I'm in the room with students really doing anything. <laughs> and so I'm sure that helped their eyes grow a little bit. But um, the pure wonder I saw on all of their eyes as we moved from follow the leader, a very simple sort of call and repeat dance exercise to visual arts. And I got to see 
different students thrive in each area. So those who maybe were a little bit more shy and um, withdrawn, obviously dancing in front of your new friends is a little scary. That's could be scary for anyone. Right. Um, I mean, I don't like to dance in front of anyone. Exactly, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, So that is always kind of scary, but maybe fun. But then we would go from that sort of um, higher energy activity to something where they got to pick any color crayon they wanted. They could draw whatever they wanted. And you saw those different students thrive in a different way. And their smiles were the biggest smiles I've ever seen. Um, So that's one of the many. But I think um, getting to find every student's little thing that they love and um, way that they sparkle in each classroom is always my favorite. When you start to introduce yourself and they introduce themselves to you and you really find what each student needs to thrive. Yeah. One of the great stories that I was reading as I was going through your website's blog is that there was uh, one of your teachers, I think it was, uh, his name was Aaron. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. And he, I, I forget exactly where he was, but he was talking about this one particular student whose first language was French. And he was engaging with all of the students and they were doing some Mad Lib exercise, you know, where they had to pick all the nouns and verbs and everything for the story that they were going to tell. And the the French speaking students started to kind of withdraw and didn't really know. And so Aaron reached out to him and was trying to engage and that kind of made him a little more nervous. And then this other boy came along and said, would you like me to explain to him in French? And Aaron's like, Yes, please help. Yeah. And and so and so this boy started translating and interpreting what the exercise was and what mm-hmm. needed to be done in French so that this other kid could take part. And it I imagine stuff like that happens where it's not just the teaching artists that are reaching these students, the students themselves and the kids really start to interact and bring each other up. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. For me it's always See, I say they're the small moments, but obviously they're very big, Um, but small in terms of like, maybe it's not a specific game and something that uh, someone walking by the room would notice, but those small moments where you see another student helping another student or sharing their favorite purple crayon, whatever it is, (laughs) like for me, those small moments are the ones that might make my heart beat and grow 50 sizes and be inspired like to to keep trying to, to do the thing, you know? That's why A-STEP is around. It, it realizes the power of the arts and not just in releasing creativity, which it certainly does, not in just freeing us to express ourselves in painting or in singing or in dance or whatever it is, but it, it allows us to really share that and become a part of that, doing it with someone else. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and again, like these students maybe have never been in a space like this before. Um, They've never even thought about being silly in front of their friends. Being silly is a scary thing. And so for me, the students just being there, being in the room, makes a successful classroom and workshop. And so these students, they have not been around the arts or have not been opened up to what art can do or the, the different you know fields of singing and dancing or this and that. And they all come from various backgrounds and things that have kind of held them back. What types of, of students or what kind of hardships do you see among a lot of the kids that you work with? That's, oh my gosh, it's such a good question. Um, as I worked with ASTEP, I've learned so much from them every day. And um, I bring that up because one of the questions I often get is, okay, so artists striving to end poverty, 
what does that mean? Like, what do you do? What, what is that? So I have to think about truly, what does that mean? What does the word poverty mean? And ASTEP defined it through their lens. We define poverty as the lack of choice. And so we've sort of separated this material poverty that people often define as that sort of um, lack of shelter or food, um, that those sort of hardships or things like that, that our students could be experiencing. Then there's also this internal part of poverty. So we say we examine the internal stuff, the poverty of imagination, of collaboration, communication, all of those things. And that is what we try to focus on when we're in our arts classrooms. So that internal wealth of the empathy and understanding. And we are sharing our, as artists, we are um, wealthy in our art form. And so we are sharing our wealth with the students and the communities. Um, And what that translates to in our definition is that poverty is the lack of choice. Mm -hmm. And so in every classroom, every community, again, is so different and unique. But what unifies them is that we are trying to bring back that voice and choice in every classroom. Mm. In terms of like what where our students are coming from and what they're going through, um, I think what unifies them is one that they're all kids, um, and we are providing them that outlet to experiment with that voice and choice. I think putting it in terms of of how a step ministers to these kids, yeah. and I do see it as a type of ministry that you're really reaching them in a specific way. And I think the language that you use in expressing that mission is so vital, so that each of you on staff and the teaching artists are on the same page as you go into these different venues, because it seems like that A-STEP is a way to really bring out that excitement and that childlike energy. Absolutely. And and actually, I was just talking with um, one of our teaching artists this morning about one of our programs, the Refugee Youth Summer Academy. We partner with the International Rescue Committee. All of the students at RISA um, are newly arrived refugee youth. They've all arrived in the U.S. within the past two years. And the goals of that program um, is, one, getting them ready for the public school system, which is super scary and something that they have never seen or experienced before, Um, English language learning skills, and then, of course, coping skills and confidence in the classroom. And so we're able to take these sort of big, scary things, like these daunting things, like going into a classroom, into Mm. a space you've never seen or been in before. And the arts make it a safe, courageous, playful space. The arts is that like vehicle to jump into the unknown. Um, And I like went on a crazy conversation with this volunteer today because she was talking about how um, as the co-teacher position, she gets that She's in that interesting role in the classroom to watch the students, see what they're going through and personalize the lesson for them, um, make sure they're getting what they need. But there's so much going on in the world today. Um, things that we don't understand, things that things that we are we hear about, but the arts connect us all. The arts connect us all, and especially in an A-step classroom. The arts erase the things that we don't know about somebody. They join us together. They make us stronger. There's so much potential in the art. And I think, I'm one, I'm grateful for our partners because they, by partnering with us, um, believe in that mission as well. In these programs that you do for the students, do you ever find resistance? Like, like, are there ever any students who maybe don't want to be there or aren't enjoying it in the way that, that you hope that they would? 
Um, I will say yes and no to that question. Um, one of the things I especially learned with ASTEP is that the lessons don't matter. And I don't matter, <laughs> meaning it's all about the student. So if I have to throw out the window that, you know, quote, perfect lesson plan that I created, I will do it. Yeah, you know, the human side of me is always like, oh, I wanted to play my favorite game. <laughs> but then you realize it's it's not about that favorite game. It's about the students and engaging with them. And if you're listening to the students, that's all that matters. If, if they are in the space at all, that's all that matters. It's always about them. Um, so there's definitely been a day where I walked into a classroom and um, I wanted to play my favorite theater game, um, but I needed at least five participants to play the game and only two students were there that day. Hmm. And so I had that, again, that uh, human panic moment of, oh no, I can't play my favorite game that I prepared for. But then again, I stepped back and I said, okay, it's not about that. It's about the students. So I want to meet them where they're at. Um, wh where's their energy? Are they, do they have low energy today, high energy today? Let's come up with something together. Um, we always say our classrooms are unusual because we try to blur the lines between that sort of, you know, teacher in the room who only is the one speaking and the students. We try to uh, make it a co-authorship of this space. And so throwing out that lesson plan really allows for that. Um, so I would say if I stuck to that lesson plan, maybe they wouldn't be as excited to participate. But if you remind yourself it's all about the students, then no matter what happens, it will be a successful day. Now, as ASTEP has has branched out into these different communities and different countries, has there ever been any any pushback either from those communities or because you're going where you're welcome by these organizations, has that transition to other regions been smoothed? Um, I I want to say yes because of that partnership. Um, I foresee a world like if we went in and said we are only doing X Y Z, that probably wouldn't go so well. Um, and so that's why every program, even the model is different um, and the art forms that are offered. So if we have an older age group, um, we often won't do like a storytelling with them um, because we have found that maybe that works better with the younger age group. And so same lessons can be taught in maybe a filmmaking class, mm. which is a little bit more exciting for a different age group. Um, so we always try to think of the people of that um, partner organization and every model is different. Um, so I want to say, no, we don't get pushed back, but we're also something I appreciate of ASTEP is we always welcome um, ways to improve and get better. After every program, we talk to our artists about successes and challenges because we want to make it better. We want to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and we ask that of our partners as well to make sure we're always serving their mission. In that discussion with the teaching artists, is there one thing you can think about recently where ASAP had been doing it one way, but it just wasn't working and teaching artists were like, hey, what if we did it this way? Yeah, actually, um, again, with the Refugee Summer Academy, um, there are a lot of teachers in that program and they meet different days during the week. And so we have this really intense week-long training before the program happens to think of some best classroom practices for working with emerging English speakers. And so it's very intense. You're with your whole team that whole week, and then you immediately go into your teaching different days. You don't see everybody. 
And so there, we all of a sudden like created this very strong bond with our team and then went to everybody's on different days, doing your own thing. And last year, one of the points we got as um, feedback was, you know, it would be really nice if we had at least one sort of meeting in the middle of the program with everybody there so we could see what they're doing in their classrooms, hear about these successes and challenges in their space. Maybe there's a student who is experiencing the same thing and we could brainstorm together. So we heard that and we said, absolutely, why didn't we think of that before? And we incorporated this sort of midpoint check-in with the team to make sure they were okay and they were getting everything they needed, but also we were doing everything we can for the students. So that's because again, I'm like so in that debrief mind frame with that program right now. Um, but that's an example of something that a teaching artist has shared with us. And we said, absolutely. And we tried to incorporate it the next year. So I'd like to take a step back at this point and walk through the, the process of finding a place, finding an organization, introducing yourself and the program and starting work with the youth in that area. Um, I would say... Um, for ASTEP, a lot of those connections happen from people who have heard of ASTEP before and have worked with us before. Um, one program in particular, we have a partner through our ASTEP on Stage program, which runs year round in New York City. Um, and one of our uh, past teaching artists emailed us and said, Hey, I heard of this organization. They're in need of an art program, but they're already doing amazing work. Can I connect you? And sometimes it's as simple as that. Um, the connection is made with our director of programs and they, there's normally a site visit involved to make sure that the, there's a physical space for us to hold some sort of class or workshop. Um, and also to make sure that we are the best fit for them um, and for those students. Um, beyond that, we always ask what they're looking for and what they need. We start in a curiosity mode. What do you want um, what can we give you? And let's um, plant the seed and see where it grows from there. And it sounds like that that's what enables ASTEP to have such a far-reaching impact because this community uh, center or this particular educational program mm -hmm. or whatever it is, is already running and they just want to incorporate an arts element into it. And they bring all the students there. You have a teaching artist ready to go. And that's kind of how the program begins. Absolutely. Um, and I will say something that's cool about our a step on stage program in particular is that we, um, so I mentioned we have different artists that go in every week. So we always have what we call this program facilitator. So one A step artist who will be there every day. And then we have a different artist join them every week or whenever um, the next day of that program is. So there's a consistent person for the students, um, but also there's a new different person coming in with something fun to introduce. And we, when I explain to volunteers what the goal of the program is, I say it's sharing your art with the students. And I think if you start at that sort of basic level, you could build from there of what you want it to look like. And with the teaching artists that you have, I assume they run the gamut of artistic endeavors from singing, dancing, to painters, to writers, and, and everything in they between. They do, they do. And that's one of my favorite things, too. Um, well, sometimes for the programs, they ask for specific art forms to be taught. So let's say this filmmaking class again. Um, but filmmaking, um, if it's offered every year in this program... In my mind, it would be really cool if it looked a little different every year. So having those teaching mm -hmm. artists that have their different unique skills, but maybe that could fall under that filmmaking umbrella, for me is really exciting. So um, somebody who has 
an acting background, um, and then somebody who has a directing background, maybe they could um, mix up their skills together in this beautiful pot and create that filmmaking class that will look different every year. We also have artists um, ranging from students who have never taught before. Um, and so we would provide them with the tools and the training and the support structures to set them up for success. But then those who are um, seasoned teaching artists who maybe are college professors or who are Broadway performers, um, but have some extra time to give. So we really have the whole span of experience in there too. As you were saying that, I was wondering, have any of the A-STEP students or kids that have been a part of those programs ever then grown up and are now teaching artists themselves? Oh, I love that question. Um, so for one of our programs, um, we partner with En Familia. The program is called Arts in Action, and it actually happens in Florida. This particular program is ASAP's longest partnership, um, which I think is fun. There's like such a tone of family and community just by that in itself. Um, but with this particular program, um, some students, they go through the program as students. They It's about third grade through eighth grade. Then once they're in high school, they get to be group leaders, these sort of like captains in the room, um, those like cool older student in the space. And then in that program in particular, there's a lot of people who have sort of graduated and are now teaching artists in the program. And they truly grew mm. up in there. So again, that sort of family tone and energy, it's so beautiful. With some of these teaching artists, as you say, you have, you have Broadway performers. Are, are there ever those moments where a child will, will recognize an artist or know them? <laughs> Um, you know, New York is this, uh, I'm sure we could agree on this, this crazy, beautiful place. But sometimes, at least for me, as a somebody who grew up in the arts, I've always heard of this magical, mysterious Broadway, right? And I, and I always knew about these people and this thing. Um, and I will never forget a story that a teaching artist told me. And they went into um, one of our A Step on Stage programs in New York City. And they said something about a musical, I'm forgetting which one, but they said, this musical was on Broadway. And all the students had this look of, I have no idea what you're talking about. And there is this moment of, oh my gosh, New York is, my world sort of revolves around this arts Broadway thing, but mm. these students have never heard of that. And so of course there was this unique moment to talk about what this thing is, but it was also very eye-opening on behalf of the teaching artist as well. Um, thinking about what you just happen to know because of um, what you've practiced and the world that you were, you know, kind of raised in and brought up in. But this, it's still, it's kind of distant. And it's this thing that people have never heard of. So I, I want to say not in my two years at being at A-STEP has that sort of recognition happened, um, but there have been beautiful opportunities to talk about something new and exciting for the students. It's so true that we as, as actors and performers, uh, especially here in New York, I think it's easy to fall into our entertainment bubble because yeah, it yeah. surrounds not only our profession, but then our free time usually, our hobbies, our activities, you know, different things. Exactly, Different yeah. things kind of surround theater and performing world. And there really is a, a magical element of performing that I think we who are on the inside often forget. And it sounds like A-STEP is really a way to, to share that magic and kind of open it up to people who aren't aware. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 
I, again, like I, I feel like I learn so much from the students every day. Um, you know, you, there's always moments where you say, oh, it's a small world. Like, you know what I mean? Like those things happen, but in those moments where you realize how big the world is, that's, that's crazier for mm-hmm. me, I think. And I get to step back and really have this energy of like thanking the students for my new perspective and what I got to learn from them in that day. As far as the the outreach that ASTEP has done, you know, whether going to other countries or communities, what has been one of the, the hardest communities to integrate into? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say... Uh, because again, we're with those partners, they always want us there and they always see the value. Um, but with the students um, at Shanti Bhavan Children's Project, um, I want to provide some context for this. Shanti Bhavan Children's Project is a residential school for children who come from the lowest caste in the caste system in India. Um, and so these students from pre-K, so from four mm. years old to 12th grade, they live on campus at this school. They grow up together. Um, it was shaped to be residential so that they could constantly be reminded of the opportunities and um, be focused on that positive, amazing light rather than um, being reminded of that label that is put on them. Um, and so at this school, because they're focusing on all those amazing opportunities, there's a big focus on academic achievement and um, making sure they really do have all the tools to succeed and take that next step in life. And because there's that, that beautiful focus, it's sometimes hard to remember that the arts are fun, but there's also, you could learn public speaking skills that you could take into your big job. Um, and so sometimes it's, it's hard at first for students who are amazing and they want to work so hard in academics because of all those good things. But then there's always, at least in my experience, a moment where they're in a classroom and they say, oh, I guess I see why this is good. And you know what? It might not be said out loud. It might be something that you see happen on the inside in their their brains. But um, there's always a little moment of, okay, I think I could see now why this could help me in any career I have. Um, why this could help me have the confidence to just say my name out loud in front of other people. So I would say, again, that sort of yes and no answer of, you know, it's easy for us to talk about the value and importance of the arts, but for those who maybe haven't gotten the privilege or opportunity to hear about all those amazing reasons, it's always going to take some time. But then when you experience it, it's pretty easy to get people over to our side. <laughs> I imagine so. And I'm sure that you talk to teaching artists all the time yeah. who have those kind of magical revelation moments with with students. Uh, of the teaching artists you've spoke with, what would you say is some of their biggest takeaways? Obviously, the students are, are learning. What would you say the teaching artists are learning? I would say probably just not taking yourself so seriously <laughs> um, and being flexible and adaptable in this space. Um, again, that's hard because I was, you know, quote, trained in this thing. I, I, it is serious to me. Um, you know, I love it so much. But you have to shake off that sometimes um, and release that for the space. And sometimes when I have those debrief moments, there's, uh, without a doubt, they always say, you could have told me this, but I wouldn't know until I experienced it. Um, there's always that. Um, but there's always that being there for the students, listening to the students, and not taking yourself so seriously. It's, it's kind of that showing up and being there is what counts. 
Would you say that for ASTEP as an organization itself, because I know with a lot of nonprofits, fundraising is, is one of the biggest things. Is, yeah. is, that, is that a huge portion of, of ASTEP's commitment? Or are you able to really focus on these various communities you're serving more than the fundraising? Um, I will say in the last couple of years, ASTEP has been very lucky to grow a little bit. Um, we've just hired a development and communications manager. Um, so we have our whole development side growing. Um, when I joined ASTEP, again, just these two years ago, there were four, and I was one of the four, full-time people in our office. And now we have six and one or two part-time. I'm like messing up the numbers now, but you know, for a small nonprofit, that's very exciting. Yes. <laughs> so um, I will say it's really cool to be in this a space now where the development team can say, what are your dreams for a program? And I could rattle off dreams, um, uh, being able to fund things, um, having um, acrylic paint, I don't know, all of this crazy <laughs> stuff from the paint to the funding. Um, and they could say, awesome. And they could come up with a plan for it. So um, now, of course, as a nonprofit, we are always fundraising and um, doing our best to continue to grow. Um, but we're in this really unique space right now of growth. And one of those fundraising aspects is an annual Christmas event yes, that, yes. That, that you guys do. And I was I, I was seeing that the album, the the CD that was released a, a few years back, has all these different Broadway and, mm -hmm. and various artists singing songs. But this annual event is is, is also a live event. It's not yes. just a, a CD recording. Talk about that live event and how that oh fundraising goes. Um, <laughs> well. For me, of course, there's uh, half of me is I got this in the audience last year and I was just in awe of the performances and I had to kind of snap myself out of it and remind myself, okay, they're, they're human, they're normal people, but they're so talented and cool. Um, so, of course, there's that side of it. Um, amazing group of artists perform every year um, and sometimes, most of the time, they're returners and they sing the same song. So, we have that handful of people who look forward to their favorite song every year. Um, but you could buy tables to be there, um, always signing up for our list. Um, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing event, like filled with pure joy, um, honestly. Um, and we, of course, scatter in um, the work that we do at A-Step into those presentations and uh, speeches in between those fun songs. But sitting in that space, you really feel the joy and connection between every person in that room because... Mm. They're all there for the same reason. It kind of makes me think that ASTEP is kind of a Christmas organization itself. They're they're yeah. <laughs> they're, they're they're bringing that that magic and childlike wonder to all these different communities and the students that they serve. So in a sense, it's kind of Christmas every day for those classrooms. Oh, I love that! I love that so much. <laughs> I just the other day I said that I like said my favorite quote was "The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams." And um, my husband laughed at me and he was like, you know, if you told someone before they met you that that was your favorite quote, they'd probably think you were lying because it's like way too joyful. <laughs> but once they get to know you and get to know like ASAP and what you do, it would make a lot of sense. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess that makes sense what you just told me. But, <laughs> but it's true. There's just this underlying happiness. I'm so lucky to walk into that office space every day and to be with a group of people who, with all of their being, love what they're doing and love hmm. the, the communities that we serve. So it's, 
yeah, I, I'm inspired every day. Well, since you brought up this favorite quote, let, let, oh, gosh. <laughs> let, let's get to know Samantha a little bit. No, okay. Right. Okay. So, so before you joined ASTEP, you had just come to New York. That's what I it was. Did, yes. Um, I, right. And what brought you to New York? Um, I born and raised in California, went to school in California. I always stayed there and I've loved it. My husband and I, we've been together for about two years now, um, which is part of the story. I promise it's not that I just want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> um, you're, you're allowed to talk about okay, him. Great, great. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but he just finished grad school. We were long distance. We both have arts backgrounds and we got married in September. So almost two years ago. And we said to ourselves, you know, if we're going to try New York, now's the time to do it. And so we, the month after we got married, we moved to New York. Um, and wow. yes, I actually interviewed for this position at ASTEP the day before my wedding. Wow. Through Skype. <laughs> so, but really though, this, I always say the stars aligned, which again sounds, as you get to know me, very Sammy and optimistic, but it's so true for me because as I did that Facebook post saying, we're moving as you have to announce life things on Facebook. Because otherwise it um, doesn't happen. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's not real if it's not on Facebook. Yeah. Um, one of my friends private messaged me and said, ASAP just posted this job. You should apply. And I did. And so it just like, it truly all worked out. I still can't believe it. It happened. But that, that is why I'm here. I'm trying New York. <laughs> People often go through life changes, but it sounds like you went through like several all at once. Marriage, you moved, you <laughs> yes, applied yeah. for and started a, a new job in a new city. Yep. So a lot was mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. But, but I could say too that more than anything says how wonderful A-Step is because they were very understanding and warm and welcoming with all of those life transitions. So there you go. <laughs> and so obviously your husband has been a big support, not only of your career, but also your work with A-Step. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, obviously I think he's the best, but he is very, very supportive. I actually took him to India with me as another volunteer teaching artist. So um, we got to experience that separately as like individual teaching artists doing this amazing work with A-Step, but also we got to do that together, which is really cool too. Is that scary going to another place? Because, you know, India is, is a beautiful country, but I also know that it can be a tough place depending on where you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say, um, I learned so much from that trip. Um, but of course, going to a new place is always a little bit scary. I will say A-Step um, prepared me for it. Everything from this is how you get your e-visa, the steps that you'll have to, you know, click on online and what you fill out to this is what it's going to be like when you're at the like customs desk when you walk in. So it, I was prepared as much as I could be, of course. Um, but then so much of that was just, I, I tried to be in a very open space, obviously easier said than done when mm -hmm. I was in this new very just truly colorful country. That was one of the things that stood out to me, the colors of the flowers and um, the people were like the kindest group of people I have ever met. So welcoming. Um, so I got, I got to witness a lot, see a lot. Um, and also because of that, appreciate everything that I do have in an amazing way and make me want to share that even more. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just, it's a year ago and it feels like it was yesterday, but it's um, scary in the 
best way. <laughs> mm, it sounds like it because you, as you said, you can be prepared as much as you can for like the paperwork and the logistics exactly, of it all. Yeah. But the actual experience with the people and the students, you, you don't know till you get there. You don't know till you get there. And, and I will say there were, um, I found two scorpions in my room. So that was, <laughs> you know, uh, one side of it. Um, I didn't... Well, as long as they were on the other side of the room and not with you, you know, did, did, did um, they get close did they get they close? got a little close but i will say that's those are the moments where i was glad my husband was there because he saw it first and told me to go the other direction and so i yeah. listened and i did um but you know despite the bugs and the scorpions i would go back and i think that says a lot <laughs> well, well you know i i have my own scorpion story when i was in boy scout camp oh no and so i'm i think all of us are like intense of two and one night, I'm just like, you know, rummaging around in my, in my sleeping bag, trying to find the best position. And then I, I'm laying on my stomach. And then all of a sudden, I, I feel a prick. Oh, my God. And I'm going, ow. I'm still rolling around trying to figure out what it was. And then I get out of the bed, pull back my sleeping bag, and out comes a <gasps> scorpion. And I'm just like, what? Well, I'm glad you survived <laughs> I mean, to tell the tale. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, th this is this is like my 12 or 13 year old self. And of course, it's like middle of the night. And I go to my scout leader and tell them what happened. And they immediately get the medic and they do all that, you know, so there was like a little welt, but fortunately, it wasn't poisonous. Oh and, you know, Like you said, survived. But at the time, it's just like this wild scorpion. Yeah. You haven't lived unless you've experienced one of those, I guess. Right, right. So so see, we're bonding yes, over scorpions right now. Something I never yeah. thought I would do ever in my life. So another thing I guess I have to think a step for. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your stories yes. and for opening up the book of a step and ruffling through its pages. so We can know more about this organization. Thank you. I mean, I, I love a step and I love talking about a step. So thank you for allowing me to do those things. This was such a great conversation, and it really meant a lot to me as Samantha explained that definition of poverty that is so central to ASTEP's mission, because ASTEP is deeply committed to empowering individuals who suffer from that absence of choice, especially the children. The performing and visual arts truly are a great way to create a safe space for these youth to rediscover choice and the ability to find their own unique path in this life. And if you would like to find out more about ASTEP and how you can either contribute financially or maybe you're even thinking about being a teaching artist yourself, maybe you want to find out more about that process, go to the show notes and you'll find a link to their website and how you can become more involved in this wonderful organization. I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones thanking you for joining me on this episode of Spotlight Series, a presentation of Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot -E 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 org because only together we rise.